0: This is another episode of Connecting the Dots podcast. I'm Skip Stewart, Vice President and Chief Improvement Officer for Baptist Memorial Healthcare.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm H.F. Mason. I'm a general surgeon and chief medical officer at Baptist Memorial Hospital DeSoto and chief quality officer for the Baptist system.
2: And hi, everyone. I'm Jake Lancaster. I'm an internal medicine physician and the chief medical information officer for the Baptist system.
0: Well, today I am so excited. We have a guest that I have been trying to uh, have come on our podcast since the very beginning. Uh, Jamie Bonini, he is the president of the Toyota Production System Support Center. We are so excited to have you, Jamie. If you would, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your role at Toyota as the president of the Toyota Production System Support Center.
3: Sure. Well, I'm uh, happy to be with you all today. Really um, looking forward to our conversation today. Um, What I would say a little bit is the group that I lead, the Toyota Production System Support Center, is a nonprofit subsidiary of Toyota that for now, for 30 years, since 1992, we work entirely outside Toyota, sharing the Toyota Production System with all sorts of nonprofits, food banks, healthcare um government social services and with small to mid-sized companies to build a high engagement high performing TPS culture in a non-automotive environment so we live in the world of translating what Toyota has learned building cars and trucks to all kinds of different processes outside and we do that as a form of uh, contribution
1: Jamie th- once again thank you so much for being here and uh you know, we, we here at Baptist we are huge fans of the Toyota Production System. That's our our management system that we have It is based on the uh, TPS. And you know, some of the first books I read, actually the really the first book I read was The Toyota Way by by Jeffrey Liker. And then the second that book was I the read, very first
2: book you read.
1: Yeah, I, I was back in kindergarten. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's amazing, <laughs> HF. <laughs> the the very first book I read on uh, continuous improvement and, and Toyota was that book, and then uh, the second one was actually a book that actually I still have, but it belongs to Dr. DePriest, who is our he's our chief operating officer. was um, It's called Transforming Healthcare, and it was about uh, the Virginia Mason system. and I think that was back around in 1998 or around 2000, mm-hmm. when they, mm-hmm. they took a big group over to, to, Japan. to Japan. And, um, you know, was the, was the support center, was it operational at that time? And, 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 and did they have a lot to do with that work that Virginia Mason did back then?
3: So uh, we started in 1992. So if this was in the late 90s, um, we would have existed at that time. Uh, but we were not directly involved in the work at Virginia Mason. Okay.
1: well, tell us a little bit about, you know, you say you have your nonprofit uh, organization that uh, that helps other uh, companies in different sectors besides uh, automobile manufacturing implement uh, the Toyota production system methodology or some of use some of the tools that you guys use. How does let's say you have a a hospital system or a, a furniture manufacturing company that's interested, how, how do they go about connecting with you guys? And, and tell me a little bit about that process.
3: Sure, let me let me uh, tell you about that process and then I would like to make sure I'm clear about how we define the Toyota production system because there are lots of different it, definitions and interpreted differently. Um, sure. But to answer your question is, um, it's a pretty simple process. People can make an inquiry or an application on our website, which is tssc.com. This can be a nonprofit or it can be a company. Uh, There's a short series of questions that folks ask, and then we will reach out and have a call with them and share a little bit about uh, some of the things I think we'll talk about today. And if that works, then that will culminate in somebody like myself or one of our group managers visiting a company for half a day to scope out the situation to see if we think Building a TPS culture would, in fact, um, be valuable to them. And then if that works, then we go from there and we start to building TPS in a in a, a small and medium-sized area.
2: So, so talk to me a little bit about um, that initial interview. You said you go out there and you assess to see if it would be valuable. What yeah. are you looking for?
3: Yeah, well – let me start off with the definition first, and then it'll, that'll make sense about what we're doing. Okay. So here's how we define the Toyota production system. And I want to say that in healthcare, I visited a lot of organizations, and there are different interpretations or different understandings. So I want to be clear about how we think about it. Okay, For us, the Toyota production system is an organizational culture of highly engaged people that are solving problems, are innovating to drive performance, a culture of engagement driving performance. And I said organizational. So that's not just the shop floor in a manufacturing side. It's everybody. Uh, and this culture of highly engaged people, if you go into an environment that's working, you can feel it. You can feel people that are very passionate about doing their work and making their work better. Now, that culture is created by these systems in the Toyota production system. And the system has three parts. Uh, We describe it with a triangle, but it starts off with a philosophy about how to run the operation uh, that I can elaborate on. That philosophy underlies some of the technical tools. And there's a lot been written about the technical tools. They they typically are garnered around the principles of just-in-time and judoka. And then the third piece is the managerial role which is to engage and develop people to solve problems to drive performance. So that's how we describe it, culture of engaged people solving problems to drive performance. So um, when we go visit a site to to scope out a visit, let's take a hospital, for example. If we go visit a hospital, it would start off like this. We would meet with the CEO or the chief medical officer, and we would scope out and advanced on the phone, what are a couple areas that you need to improve the performance in? that you're gonna work on anyway. Could be the emergency room, could be internal medicine. We've worked in surgical units. Um, uh, And then we will visit those areas and say, okay, if we try to, in addition to the efforts you're putting in that area anyway, could we overlay on that trying to build a high-performing, high-engagement TPS culture in a way of driving performance? And the performance is the key thing, of course, that's important to the hospital, we're just trying to see what t p s fit to help drive that performance
2: okay, so do you ever arrive at a site and you say they're not they don't have the ingredients necessary for um, you know to adopt the system you know what it you know would that be you go to a site and you know the c e o was not bought in or
3: yeah well so typically um We'll work with 50 organizations a year, mm-hmm. um, and um, so we're, uh, we want to make sure there's a good fit before we go on site. So usually we'll have a couple phone calls and talk through what this is all about, talk about the candidate areas. So before we get there, we're, we're mutually pretty sure that this is going to work. Um, but I will say something that's very important about healthcare that more recently I've emphasized a lot and it's related to some of the different interpretations of TPS or lean that we've heard. Okay. In a healthcare environment, when we meet there, we'll always emphasize if we're going to do TPS, let's be clear. This has to be win for the patients. Win for the caregivers. Win for the hospital. That's typically quality or financially and win for the community Mm. that the hospital if it's not win 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 then it's not tps
0: so we really
3: focus on are you on board to that because we're going to balance some stakeholders to make that happen and you all are both physicians it's extremely important that they feel this is going to help us do our very critical patient care more effectively through Mm -hmm. employee engagement that's that's what we're really looking for sorry was a little bit no 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 I, I think
1: that's a, that's a great explanation, explanation and, I, and I like the way you put it it's it's you know not only what's best for the patient what's what's bringing value for the patient who is the ultimate customer but but also the the internal customers the the team members and as well as the community that 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 hospital or hospital system is is working in yeah that that's great. So you you mentioned, uh, I thought it was interesting that, uh,
2: you know, some healthcare systems have different flavors of TPS and you have to make sure that when you're, they're talking about TPS, they're talking about your philosophy as a group. It makes me wonder about, you know, we have the Baptist management system that is modeled on the Toyota production system. I wonder if that's a flavor skip or, or did we get the real deal?
0: <laughs> well, great question. And since you've put me on the spot on this <laughs> podcast, Uh, I would say that uh, we are striving to understand and, uh, you know, the Toyota production system is by far our model that we're striving towards Uh, how close we are to that. Um, Let's just say we still have much opportunity to go, uh, but uh, but they are definitely the role model and uh, and what we're aspiring to become.
1: Jamie, what, what would you say an organization or a company that that wants to, to do this, uh, what are some of the biggest pitfalls that you see uh when when you when you see organizations sure. that that maybe they yeah. may spark and then they go out real quick? What what are those pitfalls?
3: Yeah, I'll mention a couple of things and I, I do want to elaborate a bit on what Skip mentioned. Um, to put some things in context, building Toyota Production System culture in healthcare is a new phenomenon in North America from our point of view. You know, as you all know better than I do, healthcare is very complex. There are a lot of changes, um, and uh, TPS is fairly new to healthcare. Really, only the last decade or so, there's been a lot of effort to try to Make it work. So I think for those of us in this area trying to apply it to healthcare, we're we're early in the journey. So there's some experiments and trials and figuring these out. So I, I did want to put that in context. A um, couple things about some of the typical challenges or pitfalls. I, I mentioned that TPS has three parts: philosophy, technical, and managerial role that build this high engagement culture. So the the two challenges are around two of those three elements. The philosophy is this. There are four points of the philosophy. Customer first, that means a relentless focus on the customer. In healthcare, that starts with the patient, but also, as you mentioned, the the other people in the process. Um, Second philosophy is team member or employee is our most valuable resource. That's philosophically a belief in people as contributors to the organization and community. The third one is continuous improvement. and What that means is lots of small improvements cumulatively can add up to a lot. We're not saying we don't want the home run, so to speak, or the big improvement, like you all introduce all the time in medicine. We do want those, but those are infrequent and they're usually a larger jump in performance. We want lots of small improvements combined with that. And the last philosophy is focus on the shop floor. Okay, so one of the challenges, if you ask for some of the challenge pitfall is, Having that philosophy, those four points really take root. I just described some things easy to say. For that to really take root takes some real persistence. The second piece that's a, a challenge is on the managerial role, which is to the third piece of the triangle, which is to design an organizational structure and develop people that are capable of solving problems one by one as they occur so they don't. Happen again. That building that leadership capability, and I can tell you a little bit about one of the some of the some of the opportunities and challenges or healthcare, if you like. That's the second biggest challenge. The technical side of the system, lots been written about that. There's some mm-hmm. challenges there, but it's more the philosophy and the managerial role that that is most challenging. And implicit in that managerial role is a leader as teacher, a sort of a servant leader model. That works very well with physicians I work with that teach residents. You know they they're 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 good at this teaching medical people and they like doing that. Um, so that's a nice thing about healthcare, but it doesn't fit everybody. It's really a servant leader, not so much a command and control way of leading.
2: Oh yeah, you spoke a little bit about that. You know, how there's been a lot written about the technical piece, and, and we've talked about that a good bit on here where. Some systems just want to take the technical tools and put it in place and call it lean or call it the Toyota production system without doing any of the adopting of the philosophy or adopting of the uh, leadership uh, piece. You know, and, and we've just heard that, you know, that's a recipe for failure. So, you know, it's good to hear you talk about that some more. Uh, but then you spoke a little bit more about specific areas in healthcare care with, with challenges. Can you elaborate mm-hmm. some on those?
3: Yeah, and I, I do want to emphasize um, what you just shared about um, organizations, I think, with good intentions and in tolling tools like tiered huddles, things like that. Um, that are well intended. I think in many cases, one of the challenges, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later, I think, is the folks that are, are are leading that direction just don't yet have this holistic view that those tools are part of a system that requires some other items for them to work effectively. And I think that's where we're at in a number of places uh, is, is the the other aspects of the system that are designed to have the tool users use the tools well to get results and engage people. Um, the things about healthcare. I could talk a lot about this and we've got some videos on our sites about work we do in our area, but
2: Oh, we got uh, a whole podcast dedicated to it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um I think one of the huge challenges and opportunity in healthcare is um I'll, I'll I'm going to explain this by way of a simple example that the, our audience may be able to understand. We've done quite a bit of work in family practices or internal medicine clinics where somebody like myself would come in for a 20, 30-minute appointment, maybe annually or some follow-up on item, see if a physician come into the office, get registered, have my vitals taken, see the physician for 15 or 20 minutes, maybe get some medications or some referrals, and then leave. 20-minute should be the tack time, roughly, right? And I, I'm a, a patient that kind of flows through the clinic, and you like the the, the patients to flow through 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. We know that a reality in healthcare is that the actual time that that care takes varies from patient to patient because of the nature of the the work content for each patient is going to vary. Some are going to be more than 20 minutes. Some are going to be less um, for various reasons. Okay, what TPS would say is design the system so the patients flow through at that time of 20 minutes, and whenever there is a problem or a delay, that is not medically related, I just said there are going to be things of times that are related to medical, You know that the physician typically is judging. Anything that is a delay or an abnormality or a problem or a rework that is not medically related should be signaled as an abnormality as a problem. When that problem comes up, we want somebody to see that problem like a flashing light on your car when the seatbelt is not fastened, and you want somebody to respond to that problem and then you want them to attack that problem as the problem occurs and preventing it from happening again. So this gets to the challenge. You need to design your clinic so that somebody has the responsibility to respond to problems. Somebody's gotta be carved out to say, okay, Jamie, you're the problem solver because we're gonna have lots of problems today and we're gonna, that are non-medical related or non-medical complexity that we need to respond to. These are problems with the intake process, with IT, with the vital signs being taken, with a physician having to take blood pressure two or three times instead of once, um, of the physician not getting the right information in IT about prior medications, about the patient not coming properly prepared, not following all, not getting or clearing all the instructions, or when the patient's leaving, the follow-up items not being perfectly clear because the form isn't right. So these type of small problems, if we can solve lots of them, not all of them, but many of them, so they don't reoccur, patients are going to flow through there much more smoothly. So the challenge to try to get to the bottom line is designing an organization structure so you have an individual that is that problem solver. It doesn't fit neatly into the way healthcare works. Mm-hmm. We're experimenting in TSSC with calling that role a flow coordinator, and mm-hmm. we like somebody to be a typically. It could be a medical assistant that has good medical acumen and really good human and people and process skills. They'll be pulled out of the clinics that your job is to solve problems and fund your time through improvement so we can see patients more smoothly. That's a challenge to design that real-time problem solving. Does that make sense?
2: No, it does. And because I was thinking, how does that MA or whoever that problem solver solver is even see what is slowing down at any particular time you you mentioned you know not a lag because it's medically related you know i always think of i get sometimes a a patient you'll get stuck in the room with a patient for a long period of time maybe because they're medically complex sometimes because um just the conversation you know they they keep you in there a long time but that wouldn't be part of the, the problem solving
3: well would you like me to illustrate with some simple examples since we're talking about internal medicine or do you want to move on?
2: No, I sure. would love to talk about internal medicine the whole time. Yeah. I know yeah, uh, yeah. Dr. Well, Mason, well, you know, well Jake, when I when I was time. a re- when
1: I was when I was <laughs> chief resident, I had an I had a medical student that yeah. I would tell him, I said, if we if we're in this patient's room more than one minute, you beat me. So yeah. he was the problem solver to yeah. get us back out of the yeah.
3: room. So wh- one thing I do want to say before we begin this idea of creating an effective, we're calling it a flow coordinator while working in healthcare. There are a lot of intricacies to making that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very eagerly working with some hospitals to try to get this to work well. And so that it, again, is win, 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 win. Like I said, it's got to be financially work. It's got to be better for the people in the group. So I want to be clear about that, but let me give you some examples sure. in a internal medicine clinic that I actually worked on myself. Um, Patient comes in, they 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 check in, they do their vital signs, they do the blood pressure check, uh, and 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 weight and other things, and they go and see the physician. They're in to see the physician, and it takes 35 minutes. I actually observed this. 20 minute appointment took 35 minutes. Um, then the physician, the, the the patient leaves, and the physician spends about 10 minutes typing up all kinds of notes in the electronic medical records. In that process, three or four non-medical related problems real quickly. In fact, when you, which, in this clinic, if you looked at a fine tooth combs, there were lots of problems. Problem number one was when the person came in, they had to have their blood pressure checked twice, which was which is not the standard. It should be checked once and should be done accurately. I won't go into the particular cause of that, but that required a conversation between the doctor and the MA to say, we got to get this right. So we do it once. And if if we're not comfortable that it's done properly the first time, we got to solve that problem and get better at it, which got into the procedures and instructions about how to check blood pressure. Patient goes into the room and I'm going to illustrate this for comic effect, but I think you may be able to relate to this. Uh, a, a, a patient comes in at a 20-minute appointment. They see the physician. The physicians ask, what can I help you with? And the patient rattles off seven items. Yeah. Okay. The doctor trying to help the patient takes time and talks about all seven of those items, trying to help the patient. Um, goes way over time way beyond the scope of what a 20-minute appointment would should be good for. And those seven items, by the way, weren't prioritized. So the doctor is trying to figure out the priorities best they can. Then the patient leaves. I'm going to talk about the problem of the seven items. With this particular clinic, we did a lot of work and clarified, look, before that patient comes into the room, they're here to see their top three items. If we have time beyond that, we'll go to item four, five, and six. If the patient has more than three items, we're going to immediately schedule appointment number two. And we're going to make enough capacity by solving problems so we have some open slots so we can solve, we can schedule somebody in fairly quickly. That makes sense? So we created a form to say, look, a 20-minute appointment is for three items. And before you enter to see the physician, those three items will be discussed with the MA and stuff in advance. So when the doctor reads the form, there's a very simple summary. Here's priority one, two, and three, at least as the patient described. That doesn't put the doctor in the awkward position of saying, I know you've got seven items, but I've got other people in line here. um, So that's the type of thing we could solve by a process problem of prioritizing and creating slots to reschedule. Another example, you all may laugh about this, but I think since you all are working in IT, maybe you've got this resolved, was we got a chance to observe the physicians interacting with the electronic medical record systems. There was a massive amount of Kaizen opportunity in that space. Massive oh, yeah,
1: massive Jake. Massive. I know.
3: Massive. In this particular hospital, we actually Taking out of it, we videotaped the physician working with the, with the IT, the physicians who, uh, were wonderful, very frustrated, very frustrated. And their thinking was we have to change the software. Well, the software is slow as an expensive to change. It's in this hospital, it's standard. A lot of hospitals use what they ended up doing was a couple of things to make it easier. Get the physicians better training so that it's easier, smoother to use and bring the training to the clinic. Help them solve their individual problems. Number two, you all may not have this, but some of the doctors were spending a lot of time at their keyboard typing in notes. They did not have clear guidelines with what level of detail they needed to have in their notes, what was overkill Mm -hmm. and what what was reasonable expected. Those guidelines weren't clear. So we made those guidelines clear. The other thing they did, you probably may have this resolved in your situation, is some of the doctors prefer to talk into a a device that would... um, talking to a microphone, and it would put a draft of the text, and then they could modify the text. Um, that was very helpful, very helpful for some. The other thing we did, you can tell I have enthusiasm about this. The other thing is we set a just-in-time rule, which was see the patient, complete the medical records, and complete your, your orders. Do not take your computer home at night and try to remember who you saw at 11 in the morning and complete it at night. Do it just in time. Complete the records while it's fresh in mind and accurate and complete. And then we got to figure out how to get all that done within 20 minutes. Or we have a longer appointment that we can schedule that would be 30 minutes. Yeah. Sorry for that long explanation. No, that no, 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 go go no, that,
1: that, that is great. And, and I can imagine, uh, Jamie, somebody like yourself who goes to a physician's office and. Uh, or goes to the hospital for an operation that you just want to sometimes just bang your head up against the wall because there is, there's so much opportunity in healthcare that, that we have Um, a couple, couple of questions that I had is when you guys go to help these uh, companies, typically how long are you with them? Or
3: is it dairy
1: or is it a a set? Yeah.
3: Two scenarios. If we work for a nonprofit, like a, a government operation or a food bank, we do a lot of work with food banks Or a vaccination site. We did quite a bit of work with vaccination sites uh, during the um, pandemic. Those projects, project number one, is typically three or four months in duration. We will have somebody there one week a month for four months. Uh, If we work with a hospital, the example we described, we try to do that, what I just described, in three or four months to get to a certain point of closure. And then we may go on to project number two or project number three. We'll be much uh, everyone will be much more informed about how this works. So that would be sort of in the nonprofit sector, three to four months. If we work with a manufacturing company, um, that may more take nine months. We'll do a project, and then we'll go on to a different project. But I did want to say one thing I was, wasn't clear about. What we want to do in these areas is to create a model, meaning we want highly engaged people solving problems to drive performance working pretty well. So the organization has a feel for that. How it works, and they can decide. Okay, we want to scale that or not to other areas. And if we do want to scale that, who do we need to have involved in that scaling so we can be successful?
1: Mm. And, and the second question was one thing that Skip had mentioned before we started recording was, you know, you guys have been doing this for 30 years. How do you guys in the support center apply these principles to yourself? I mean, how many how many different iterations has has Y'all's processes gone through uh, over the years, and and are you you guys yourselves looking to continually improve the the way you do yeah.
3: things? Yeah, yeah. So I've been here for um, this is my eleventh year, and um, we we've done a lot of process changes and improvement over that time. <laughs> um, I can give you a big picture how we do it, and then I'll give you a couple quick examples that might might resonate. So the big picture is. Um, We have measures for our performance. I just described we want to support 50 organizations every year, every one of those a project. We have measures to know how successful we think each project is, and then we do some reflection. And based on the reflection, we try to get better project to project. And based on those um, KPIs, every year we do our annual hotion, which is a planning process for how to get better using continuous improvement and what are some new breakthroughs or bigger improvements that we would do. So, I can elaborate on a couple of the things that we've we've done that's been very helpful. Um, One of the things that we've done, and it actually relates to the the theme of our conversation here today, um, I described up front TPS as an organizational culture of highly engaged people solving problems, and I also described that um, that's not well understood generally. If you ask a lot of people, and I've done this and I've gone to conferences and I've gone to universities, what is Lean all about? And often they have a very different understanding. It's more about a production control system with a set of tools. And I think um, we have contributed to that misunderstanding, Toyota and, and, and TSSC. So one of our major new improvement initiatives is we've launched a new uh, half day workshop. Or we take people to a Toyota factory to try to make that culture very easily graspable in a half a day. So that at the end of a half a day, as opposed to a presentation, people can say, ah, this now makes sense to me. I see what you mean by the philosophy, by the technical and the managerial role. And they can experience highly engaged people. So we've just launched that. Um, at two plants, and we're going to be launching it on on um, several others, including the Mississippi plant. Uh, that's taken a, a that's really kaizening our educational process. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing we've done is, uh, I described to you earlier how we engage with new organizations. Uh, One of our big improvements is when we go to visit a company to get started in a project, uh, we create an 11.5 by 17 document that is an alignment tool with the senior management so that we're very clear about what we're gonna do over that three to four month period. And we've got the right people on the team and we're all aligned on the direction we're heading. We had found in the past, if we weren't fully aligned we could have people working on a project, and there could be some people enthusiastic, but people are not really fully aligned on um why we're doing this so those are uh those are some of the examples, and there are more but I give you a feel for that
1: sure you know it, it it's it's really hard work, but it really comes down to the simple facts of you know. Respect for people and a relentless pursuit of, of continuous improvement. I mean, I think that's people want to know what the secret sauce is, but that that really is what it comes down to.
3: Yeah. And I just a comment about healthcare. The, the wonderful thing about healthcare is, um, at least in my experience. The vast, vast majority of people really care about what they do and they really care about their patients. That's why they do what they do and sometimes put up with processes that aren't so easy to follow and medical record systems that are frustrating. Um, so you have an environment that, for the most part, people really want to be engaged in process improvement to better serve their patients and their people. Uh, it just Take some real effort to get traction to make that work. For some of the reasons we've talked about, has been our experience.
0: Well, Jamie, this has been fantastic. This has been really, really good. And uh, if HF and Dr. Mason and Dr. Lancaster would let me, I could talk for hours. And you probably wouldn't want to hang out with me, but I'm just so excited. I, you know, I've watched many of the videos on y'all's website and some of the great work i want to say it was in cincinnati with a hospital that y'all did mm-hmm. some work and yep. and i know there's some other hospitals and some eye clinics that y'all have done yeah. some work on and it's just you're literally teaching us and you're giving the the professionals in healthcare that are sh- striving and that y'all are such a role model for you're giving us something to to lean in on and i can't tell you how incredibly grateful i am uh, for you and for the work that y'all are doing, and uh, and like I said, I've been wanting you to come on the podcast for a long, long time. And so, on behalf of Baptist Memorial Healthcare, I just want to say a big hearty thank you, and and uh, hopefully you'll consider coming back on the podcast again in the future. But we are so grateful for you and and for the very important work that the Toyota Supplier Support Center is doing. Just thank you so much.
3: Happy to do it. And uh, can I make one final comment about this? Yes,
0: please. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. If uh, what I described as a culture of highly engaged people, if, if people want to get a feel for what that looks like in healthcare, on our website, we have about 20 some odd videos. Uh, several of them are on healthcare. And the one that I would recommend is about a three to five minute one from the Harbor UCLA Hospital in Southern California in an eye clinic, an ophthalmology clinic. I think if you watch that, I use that video a lot to explain this is how we see TPS working in healthcare, and you can kind of feel these um, highly engaged people. And thank you all for all the hard work you're doing to get the word out. Uh, I think there's a huge opportunities in healthcare. It's vitally important in um, in our economy, in our society, and for patients. And thank you for all the work you do.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Jamie.